Thank you, ladies. I appreciate that. I know I'm the dad and the husband. Well, that's just pretty music. That first song she sang at offerings came from the message this morning we heard about the boat's full, but it's not sinking. Amen. So I was after, why don't you write a song? And after a couple months, the Lord gave her one. So praise the Lord for that. Uh, I don't have that ability. Amen. I had the idea. Here you go. Now you do that. <laughs> Amen. Well, how many wanted to come tonight but couldn't make it? There's always a few, I know. We're in Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5. Appreciate you coming back tonight, amen. Thank you for that. Praise the Lord. Everybody have a nap? How many had a nap today? Praise God, that's like 80%. Praise the Lord. Well, no sleeping from that crowd. And we try and keep the rest of the crowd awake, Amen. All right, just fun with you. It's good to be back. We certainly love Lighthouse. You've all been friends for years, through the years. It's fun talking with a few people in the foyer, reminiscing back when I was passionate there in Lisbon. And, oh, you remember when you had this guy? I remember when it's like, yeah, boy, boy, it's like reaching way back. But yes, I remember those things. I remember those times. Uh, what a joy. Now the Lord has us doing this. And I just tell people, we get the privilege. We just drive around and watch God work. Amen. So we're in a meeting this past week in Delphi. And it got extended, so we're going back tomorrow. Uh, and, and then run it on out to Thursday and uh, see what the Lord will do. He's working in hearts. That's our prayer, amen. So uh, to God be the glory. And again, Pastor, if you're watching tonight, ever how that works, wherever you are, okay. <laughs> Thank you for allowing me to come, us to come. Uh, it's been a joy. appreciate the fellowship, Brother Ryan, and at lunchtime. Enjoyed the food, too, amen. I appreciate that. All right, here we are in Mark chapter 5. Everybody ready? Let's stand to read God's absolutely all-sufficient Word. You know, God's Word contains everything we need for life and godliness right here in the old-fashioned King James Bible. <laughs> Amen. It is the Word of God, by the way. All right, well, here we go. Chapter 5, everybody there? And, see that? And. So you have chapter 4 and chapter 5. So, and, it's tied together. So, tonight's like part two. Okay? Chapter five. And, they came over into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that they would not send them out away out of the country. Now there were there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, 
and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also with the swine and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with them. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in the Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. Let's pray right there. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for how you encouraged our hearts and built our faith. Tonight we pray, should there be anyone lost among us, that they get saved. And God, pray for the saved tonight that you call us to action now. Lord, help us to be about your will, about your business, till you come. Now we believe that that time is short, Lord. You're coming soon. Help us to be found faithful to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> Well, the title tonight is this. Jesus is the Almighty God and Compassionate Savior. Jesus is the Almighty God and Compassionate Savior. God helping us tonight, we're going to take a look at Jesus and His power and His command to go tell. So I want to ask you a couple of questions to get our thoughts focused here. Will you commit? Yes, I'm asking for a commitment. Will you commit to go tell others what great things Jesus have done for you? Will you share his compassion with someone else? Amen. Well, let's jump into this historical event and see what the Lord has for us tonight. If you remember this morning, we ended with the disciples in the boat with Jesus in the will of God and the storm hit. They got so focused on the storm that they missed the miracle of the sustaining grace of God. Their boat was full, but it was not sinking. See, their faith had been rattled by the storm they were in. They were gripped with fear. They were screaming out, questioning even if the Lord even cared for them. Master, Master, carest thou not that we perish? They were focused on the storm rather than focused on the Lord. <laughs> And then, of course, uh, Peter, how'd you walk over here? That's impossible to walk over here in a boat full of water, but it happened to be not sinking. Amen. Well, <laughs> they realized that Jesus Christ was bigger than they thought he was. Now, tonight, they're going to even see a greater power of his, and that is number uno. That's one for English-speaking people. Number uno is the personal transforming power of God. Back in our text, in verse 1, uh, the personal transforming power of God, and it came, and they came over to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. 
who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Tonight, the Bible paints a picture, a description of a lost man. It doesn't give his name. This certainly could apply to any lost man. Now, in this particular case, this lost man was possessed with devils. Now, folks, not every lost man is possessed. But every lost man and woman that are lost has the potential to actually be possessed with devils. Now thank God when we get saved, a saved person can't be possessed. Amen. Because when the Holy Ghost of God comes in, he indwells and he seals. And there's just not room for the Holy Ghost and a devil. Thank God for that. Brother John put it like this. Great is he that is in us and he that is in the world. Amen. Devil concealment is on our mind, and that's another message another time. Uh, but I just want to uh, point out that this particular man, he was possessed. He came out of the tombs. He had an unclean spirit. He was possessed with many devils. He, he lived in the mountains and, and the tombs, and no man could tame him. If you have to get 12, 13 guys to wrestle him to the ground and chain him up and cuff him and put fetters around his ankles... Has anybody ever seen somebody bound like that? Having the privilege of working with our sheriff's department for, well, 20 years now. Uh, I've seen them do that for transport. They put a handcuff here and one here, and it's a short little chain between with an eyelet in the middle. And the same thing around their ankles with an eyelet in the middle. And the chain come up through and out here. And they can actually lead them, and they kind of shuffle because they're shackled. You know what I'm saying? Well, this guy just broke that like it was a wet thread and grabbed the fetters and ripped them off his ankle, threw it aside. Folks, that's not natural. That's supernatural. Because of his possession, he had supernatural power like that. But folks, that's no glamorous thing. He was in bondage. He might have been able to rip chains off his flesh, but he couldn't take the chains that bound his soul. And here he was, notice what he was here as well, he's a cutter. You all know what a cutter is? A cutter is somebody who cuts herself on purpose. You say, well, Brother Terry, that's kind of silly. Well, I agree with you, it is silly. But notice according to the Bible, that somebody who's a cutter, that's demonically influenced. So if you're dealing with somebody that's a cutter, know that you're dealing with devils. Okay? Not necessarily that person the devil, but the devils are behind that. It twists their thinking, and that's what the devil does. He gets in your head, and he twists the thinking. Is this making sense? Okay. And, and when you're dealing with them, realize what's going on. And from their perspective, from what I understand, I've dealt with some cutters before, that their life is usually racked with abuse, oftentimes physical, oftentimes emotional, oftentimes sexual, sometimes all three put together, and their life is just racked with pain. And in their twisted thinking, influenced by the devils, they think that if they cut themselves, even though that's painful, that somehow this pain they can be in control of. Say, so, well, that's messed up. It is messed up. Well, that's what they're thinking. Hallelujah. <laughs> Folks, there's hope. Jesus Christ can help even a cutter. He can set you free. 
He can cast those devils a running, hallelujah. And you can have some peace that we talked about in Sunday school. Uh, amen for that. This guy had no peace. He was crying and in the mountains, in the tombs. Oh, ho, ho. maybe he's crying in agony. Maybe he's crying for help. Somebody help me. I don't know. But could you imagine he's up in the mountain, you're down in the valley trying to have dinner, and old Junior says, Daddy, there's that crazy man crying again. You hear him? And he's up there, oh, somebody. And, and, it's, and that's, hey, you stay away from him. Don't you mess with him. He's dangerous. You stay plumb away from that man. You hear me, son? That's what's going on. That's this lost man. He had no peace. He had no joy. There's a raging storm in his soul that he could not control. He had no rest in his soul. He knew no peace. Then hallelujah, Jesus shows up. Amen. So the possessed man meets Jesus. It's number two. Look in verse six. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, My name is Legion, for we are many. Now he runs to meet Jesus, and he falls on the ground to his face to worship him. And folks, please understand, that's what the word worship means. It's one who willfully humbles himself by falling prostrate, either by prostrate, uh, kneeling, or bowing before the Lord in adoration of him. In this case, it's recognition of his power and who he was. So don't think he is worshiping him like you and I worship him. It's a different thing. But that is what the word means. So he's on his face before him. And wait, wait, wait. Don't let that confuse you. That shouldn't throw us off. We know that in Romans 14, 11 and Philippians 2, 10, they both state that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Well, amen. And when i done some research on this word legion, I looked it up, and what I found from my study, a legion can consist between 3,000 to 6,000, usually dealt with a Roman legion. Uh, the centurions are over thousands, and, and it's a band of soldiers, usually marked between 3,000 to 6,000. So if his name was Legion, there were many. I'm not sure how many was in this man. The Holy Spirit was careful to put in the parentheses here. Uh, there were about 2,000 swine. So I don't know if each pig got like a one and a half or they each got three each. I don't know. All I know is that one devil is way too many. Amen. And Jesus commanded them to come out of the man. And I just want to say what a difference Jesus made. Amen. Did you notice when I started, I stopped and emphasized that word and. You have chapter 4 and chapter 5. Chapter 5 comes after chapter 4. Pretty basic stuff, but I want to show you that this is actually connected in the scripture. So here's some Terry's reasoning, okay? This is a little bit of an injection. I'm just being honest with the scripture here. It doesn't say this, but I believe this is a possibility. This is my active imagination working, okay? So here it is, uh, uh, perhaps that possessed man happened to have been strolling along the beach that day and noticed the storm. And in his twisted thinking, he saw that ship being beat to death out there by the waves and the wind. And 
Maybe in his sadistic state, he might have even thought it was funny and laughed. <laughs> Maybe he was watching, hoping they would go down because he's messed up in his head. Then all of a sudden, it's very possible that that kind of wind might have carried our Lord's voice and he heard him say, peace, be still. I don't know that he did. I'm just saying it's possible. But one thing's for sure, a storm doesn't stop that abruptly like that happened. When Jesus said, peace, be still, that boom, it was done. There was a great calm. And I believe whether he heard the Lord's voice or not, very highly likely that he did, and then he seen that kind of power, it scared him. And he runs back to the tombs to hide and maybe peeks out from behind to watch what might happen. And as the ship docked there at the shore and Jesus came down and in curiosity, perhaps he began to run toward him. And, and then here he is for the first time in his miserable existence. He might have a little glimmer of hope. And as the devils that were in him began to declare who this was, Jesus, the son of the most high God, maybe had a little gleam of hope that if, hey, if this man can command the weather like that, if he commands these devils, they got to go. And maybe had a little bit of hope right there. And hallelujah, his hope was found to be founded. And look, here when the Lord commanded them to go, what joy. Cast out. I tell you what, there will be a change in a man when the devil is cast out and Jesus comes in. Brother Paul said it like this to the church of Corinth, chapter 5. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Amen. Back in our text in chapter 5, verse 14, the Bible here says... <clears throat> And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. I like that phrase, what it was. <laughs> in my generation, that used to be a saying, what it was. <laughs> so maybe that's where it came from. I don't know. Say, hey, what it was. Well, here's what it was. They ran in. Ah, you won't believe what happened. We're out there feeding our pigs. And, 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 and the member that got us devil, I mean, he's full of devils. And then this guy shows up and cats all them out. And they hopped in the right there. Blah, 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 blah. And then he died. You know, that's how they said all that in Hebrew, okay? <laughs> I don't know, but they were freaked out about it. So everybody went out to see what it was. Well, amen. The power of God's what it was. It's pretty exciting to me. And here they are in uh, verse number 15. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell him. See, that was that conversation. To him that was possessed with the devil... And also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. Now time out just a second. So you'd rather have this dude that's, uh, you can't tame him, you can't chain him. He, he lives in the tombs and he runs in the mountains and he cries day and night. It messes your, your children up, scares them at night, they're afraid to go to sleep. You'd rather have somebody like that than Jesus who set him free. You come to ask him to leave the coast now? Folks, I, I, was it because was it he lost some money with the hogs that got drowned? I don't know. But I, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around. Why in the world would they want Jesus to leave? Well, <clears throat> notice one thing. That this possessed man, 
he's no longer possessed. And I thought about, man, when you get saved, you're a different creature. All things pass away. Behold, all things come new. And I like how Brother Paul said in Corinthians, and such were some of you, in fact, Corinthians 6, 11, and such were some of you, but you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Amen, folks. I appreciate the groups like AA. I think they deal with some pantheism. I had a uh, lunch one time. We were together, a bunch of those kind of workers. This guy sat next to me, and he said that, hey, if we can get people looking to the higher power and to keep them sober, then we feel like we've won. If, uh, if the higher power to them is the old oak tree in the backyard, if you hug that five times a day and that keeps them off the bottle, we feel like we won. I said, sir, that's pantheism. That's not God. There's only one higher power. His name's Jesus Christ. Now, he can make the difference. So they train these people to feet. They say, hello, my name's Terry Danford. I'm a recovering alcoholic. Eh, time out. You just defeated yourself right there, friend. That is not scriptural. If you were saved, hallelujah, you'd say it like this. My name's Terry Danford. I used to be a drunk, but not anymore. Jesus set me free. Hey, tell you what, no matter what you're dealing with, Jesus Christ can give you the victory. He can set you free. You might have been hooked on drugs, but not anymore. Jesus can set you free. Might have even been hooked on pornography, but not anymore. Jesus sets you free. I don't care what you're dealing with, whether it be worry and fretting. Jesus can set you free. And such were some of you. And here's this man. He had no peace uh, raging in his soul. And now when they find him, what do they find him doing? He's seated and he's calm. He's in the right mind for the first time in his life. And he had peace in his soul. He's never thought a sane thought before. And here he is seated at the feet of the Lord. Hallelujah to the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Notice something else. He was naked. Well, text brought it up. I got to deal with it. <laughs> Nakedness is demonically influenced. Keep your clothes on. Well, it's in the text. You all look at me funny. Modesty's still a big deal to God. And folks, I think a lot of the churches still belong to Jesus Christ across this country need reminded that modesty's still a big deal to God. Keep your clothes on. Anyway, it's in the text. And then he had this desire to be with Jesus. Well, amen for that, had a desire to want to serve him. Folks, I don't understand somebody who's supposed to get saved, and then you have to beg them, bribe them, trick them, and drag them to get them to church. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven. But boy, you better check something if you don't have any desire to go to church. Tell you what, church where you hear about your Savior. Church is where you learn about Jesus. And if that if your kind of church you're going to is not one of those, then get out and find a good one like this one. Amen. Your preacher preaches Jesus. Amen. He preaches Christ. He preaches victory in the blood. Uh, amen. Well, <laughs> I encourage you, uh, if you're visiting, just jump on in here then. Join up. Amen. You're going to get some help. It's going to help you. Amen. Folks, I tell you what, people say they're saved, and then you've got to hound them to read the Bible. Are you kidding me? Why is it we have to get three stickers and two candy bars and a piece of bubble gum to get the teenagers to read their Bible? You ought to be reading your Bible anyway. Hell, amen. It's not time to pray. Don't bow your heads. <laughs> I'm funning with you a little bit here, you know. But seriously, 
Why, why is it we have to have somebody beat us over the head and read a book? Folks, that's where we're going to get our help from. When Jesus comes in, there's going to be a difference, what I'm saying. Yeah, amen. <laughs> well, amen. And then the people wanted him to leave. Well, that wasn't his attitude. You see his attitude? He's like, Lord, <laughs> I, I want to go with you. In fact, look in verse 18. And when he was coming to the ship, when Jesus was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil, you know the guy got saved, <laughs> had been possessed with the devil, prayed him, he asked him, asked him that he might be with him. <laughs> can you hear him? He's like, Lord, can I go? Huh, 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 can I go? Huh, can I go, please? Can I, can I, can I? Remember when you had small children? Dad comes home and he's like, shoom, around your leg and you walk on you. I mean, they're like on you. Isn't that precious? That's wonderful. Amen. Well, and you say, hey, you want to go? Boom, they're in a the truck waiting. Hong Kong, come on, Dad, I'm ready. Didn't matter where, didn't matter how long. <laughs> That's his, I, this is this guy's attitude. Can I go, huh? Can, can you hear him? Can I go? Can I, huh? Can I? <laughs> Amen. Well, then you know how it is. Then they get to be teenagers. And you say, you want to go and I go, where are you going? How long are you going to be gone? What's in it for me? <laughs> but I'm talking back when they're like kids, like, yeah, dad, I'll go, I'll go. This is this guy. Well, can you blame me? He just got saved. He wants to be with Jesus. But see, Jesus Christ has a plan for this man. And Jesus Christ has a plan for you. Yeah, it's called the will of God. We talked about some about that this morning. The will of God. He, he left you. But he, when you got saved, he didn't rapture you out of here right then. He left you here on purpose with a purpose. He's got a plan for your life. He has a plan for this man's life. And hallelujah, that's what was going on right here. So number next is the Lord's plan for this man's life. See how easy this is to outline? I love it when the scripture just outlines itself. Amen. <laughs> well, amen. So verse 18, And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Verse 19, How be it? Jesus suffered him not. But saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish and to accomplish how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Do you hear what the Lord's plan was for him? Go. Well, that sounds familiar to us, doesn't it? Five different times he gave marching orders to his church. Go. Yeah, amen. Here's the go home. Reach your family. Church, I know some of the hardest people in the world to witness to is your family. But if they don't hear it from you, who are they going to hear it from? We've got to tell them about Jesus. Amen. Go home to thy friends. Hey, friends, we need to tell our friends about Jesus. Amen. They need to get saved. <laughs> I went to tell my friends about Jesus. And used to, every weekend, every Friday night, they come over, we get in the car. And what we did up in Monticello, Indiana, if you all familiar with Monticello, Indiana is, it had, two way, it had a one-way street this way and a one-way street this way, and it's actually just in the left. And we had crews, you know, uh, burn up a whole lot of gas, just, you know, 10 mile an hour down there, straight, burn, revving the engine, you know, not doing anything, just, you know, cruising. Then back this side. Okay, so it was a lot of fun when you're my age back then, okay? 
So we used to do that together. And then when I got saved, I said, man, you guys ought to realize what happened to me over the weekend. And I began to tell them and, and say, if you don't get saved, you're going to die and go to hell. And like the whole night, I was basically, I didn't know it, but I guess I was preaching to them. You know, I was only, what, four days old in the Lord, five days old in the Lord. I didn't know any better. I just wanted my friends to go with me to heaven. <laughs> Next Friday night, guess what? I sat home by myself. <laughs> they didn't come get me. Well, that's okay. God gave me a whole bunch of new friends, a whole lot better than that. And hallelujah, one of those buddies finally was saved at my dad's funeral back, what, 20 years ago, whenever it was that he was killed in that accident. So when I preached the funeral, we led him to the Lord in the funeral home director's office right there. So thank God for that. Amen. Just stay faithful, but we got to tell them. Amen. And tell them what great things the Lord's done for. And when, when he says, no, you can't go, I have something for you to do. I can imagine him just being saved, you know, just moments before he might be like, I don't know if I can do it. Oh, I mean, what can I do? Look what, I, look what I've done. I mean, what can I do for you? Can you hear him reasoning in his head? Kind of like us when God wants us to do something. I can't do that. But here's what the Lord told him. I want you to go home and tell your friends what great things I've done for you. I want to tell your friends about my great compassion. Or my, my great compassion. And I imagine his... You know, this imagination, Ian, come on, play with me now. I imagine his face just kind of lit up and beamed. It's like, yes, I can do that. I'd be glad to do that. I was on my way to hell. I was a devil, man, filled with the devils. I deserve hell, and you forgave me. Not only forgave me, but now you want me to tell people what great things you've done for me. I could rip a chain off my arm like nobody's business, but I had a rage in my soul. I had no peace. I couldn't calm it. I couldn't stop it, and you settled all out with just a word. Hallelujah. I'd be glad to tell everybody what you did, and when it comes to compassion, there was nothing in me to cause you to come my way, and if you did happen to come my way there wasn't anything in me to cause you to stop and pay me a time of day but you did you didn't pass by Woo! I'd be glad to tell him what you did for me amen when's the last time you've been that excited to tell somebody what Jesus did for you huh hey we how many's been saved 20 years again 30 years yeah see church don't let it wear out <laughs> you, you don't get over it Amen. Are you over it? I'm not over it. I'm just getting started good. I've been saved 43 years. You want to sit down? I'll tell you about it again. Let's do this. <laughs> Why? Because I was a renegade teenager headed to hell. And hallelujah, Jesus got in my way. He said, I didn't have to go if I just asked him. I asked him to forgive my sin. Asked him to forgive me playing games with him. Asked him to save me. Woo! He did. And I am. How many are saved? Are you serious? Have you told anybody about it? The great things that God's done for you? Mercy sakes, friends, this guy, I could just imagine, man, he wanted to go like a little three-year-old wanting to go with his daddy or her daddy. And, and boy, when the Lord said no and I had something for him, he's like, oh, and he told him what it was. He's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And notice what he did. <laughs> this idea of, of uh, compassion, I looked it up. Here's what it is. According to Uncle Webster, okay, he's not my uncle, but anyway, he still said it. Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress. Well, that's pretty good. I couldn't have said it like that. Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress. But it doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, with a desire to alleviate it. 
Friends, God is very aware of our distress. He is very aware of our lost condition. Sold under sin. Under the power of sin. We're under the condemnation and the wrath of God. The penalty of sin rests squarely upon our own shoulders. Oh my. But hallelujah, he's not only aware of our distress, he's not only willing to do something about it, he did do something about it, he could do something about it, and he gave his own life and shed his own blood for your sin and for mine. Glory to his name, hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Oh, we are headed to a devil's hell, and he saved us. He, he's translated us in the kingdom of his dear son. He's delivered us from the power of darkness. He's reconciled us by the death of the cross. He's redeemed us, bought us back with his own blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah to his name. Are you saved tonight? Let's tell somebody about it. Amen. Let's share his compassion. You know, so how do he do this? <clears throat> He sent his only begotten son to die in our place. That's how. Amen. How about Isaiah 53, 5? Most of us know that one. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Verse next. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You want to talk about compassion? Here's compassion. He didn't have to come, but he did. He didn't have to, he didn't have to heal the lame man, but he did. He didn't have to heal the blind man, but he did. <laughs> Amen. He didn't have to raise Lazarus from the dead, but he did. He didn't have to save you, but he did. <laughs> Amen. That's compassion right there. And he wants us to tell somebody about it. So this man obeyed, he departed. Well, I can hear him, yeah, I can do this, hallelujah. And the Bible here says he began to publish. I got thinking about that, publish and decapolis. What, what does publish mean? Well, kind of like Heather, she wrote that book, had it published, it's out there on the table. You know, praise it, that's what, it, have it, wrote it out, write it out. So I wonder, how many's wrote out your testimony before? Amen, several of you, praise the Lord. Did you realize God can use that? Sure he can. You know, you're thinking, well, what would be my testimony? You know, if you don't have a testimony, you need to get saved. Because the testimony is just you telling what happened with you and God. It's a testimony you telling how God saved you. Amen? So I'd encourage you to write it out. And then and I, I actually preached this one time at our place, and and pastor said, uh, you know, maybe we should post it. Now, back when I was pastoring, post-it meant something different than post-it today. When I was pastoring back in the day, post-it were those little two-inch yellow square things that were stickies. And I'd post-it notes all over my desk. Man, I was a post-it king. <laughs> now post-it something you do like electronic. Ever how that happens? <laughs> Amen. Well, I thought, well, that's pretty neat. So let's take a survey real quick. How many have read at least one article this week between last Sunday and this Sunday? Read, read an article. Okay, a few, okay. How many have watched some kind of YouTube reel or something like that since last Sunday and now? Oh, video wins. Hey, so if that's the media of today, if that's how we communicate today, then video your testimony and post it out there somewhere. Amen? On our website under how to get saved, 
uh, had a guy in uh, Texas. He had the video equipment, knew how to do all that. He recorded my testimony, and it's right there. And before that, there's a page. I have it written out. So I have it wrote out, and I have it also posted right there. Hey, folks, I don't encourage you to do that. In the big town of Lisbon, anybody know where Lisbon is? You know, most of the country I'm in, nobody knows where that is. Oh, come on. We have a Dollar General and a Sunoco now. We are on the map, and our light went from blinking to a red light after 20 years. And the first night home after that happened, I ran it. Because you're used to just blinking, so you just stop and go. It's late at night. We're rolling in from wherever we came from. And the next morning, I'm leaving. I thought, who put a stoplight there? It's like, oh, man, I blew that last night. It was red, but I did stop, and I went. <laughs> well, well, that's confession. But anyway... Y'all get me sidetracked. I'm just saying uh, things, but we're on the map. Hey, so they have this thing called like the like Lisbon board or some chat thing, or I don't think it's chat. I I don't know. I don't even know what you call it. Some some kind of board, but you can post things like found kitty, garage sale, you know, silly stuff. Why not post your testimony on something like that? Maybe they have a Lebanon board. Post it out there. Maybe it's some kind of community thing where you all like hang out together, whatever. Post it out there. You don't know. So what, what would my testimony do? You don't know. So I got saved when I was five. That might help someone else. I got saved when I was 55. That might help someone else. Folks, you don't know what to do. Why don't you publish it and see what God will do with it? Put it on a paper the next time you all go soul winning. When you're handing out tracts, hand out your testimony too. You don't know how that's going to help somebody. You don't know. But I know one thing. God used this man's testimony. said all men did marvel. Yeah, God got himself glory. Amen. And while we're at this, while we're on the subject, here's the, we're in the application in case you haven't figured it out yet. This is application. Okay. So here's a good application. How many have grandchildren? How many are close to having grandchildren? Ours is due in February. Yes. I heard this chapter is really exciting. So far it is. <laughs> Amen. All right. Here's the thing. My grandma, she's been in glory land for a long time now. But no doubt in my mind, she was saved. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere with her. And within five minutes, people knew she loved Jesus. Sometimes she'd even embarrass you, brother. <laughs> That's just how she was. Okay. But you know how much I would treasure if she had written out her testimony? There isn't enough money in this church to have bought that paper from me. Now, I don't, know, I don't need that paper to know she's in heaven. I know she's there because of Jesus. But you know how valuable that would be to me? To have a letter from my grandma saying, Terry, I just want to tell you what the greatest thing ever happened to me when Jesus saved me. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in heaven again. And she went in and told me how she got saved. Wouldn't that have been phenomenal? Hey, if you've written out your testimony, hallelujah. And if you have grandbabies, you're going to have grandbabies. And if you're, not, if you're too young yet to have grandbabies, why don't you just go ahead and write it in advance? Put it in a letter and give it to your kids and say, one day when grandbabies show up, in case I'm not here, you can go ahead and pray it ahead. Yeah, amen. God, God has a prayer bank. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and you just go ahead and pray ahead. And we, my wife and I, we prayed for grandbabies and and we don't even have one actually physically here yet. I mean, she's on the way. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, but we don't know how many we're going to get or not get. And, and I'm hoping I'm here when she shows up. Amen. But I don't know that. 
You're not guaranteed of that. But one thing's for sure, I've already told my children, you better tell that grandchild, that baby yours, that grandpa's already prayed for him. Now, grandpa's in heaven, and here's how I got saved. They know my testimony. I want my grandchildren to know my testimony. Amen. Could you imagine? Write it out. Dear Susie, dear little Johnny, this is grandpa. I want you to know I love you. I'm going to tell you about the greatest thing that ever happened in my life was the day I was born again, the day Jesus saved me. I was a sinner, lost, headed to hell, and you put some verses in there with it, you know, and put it in your own words and, and, and say, I, I want you to get saved because I want to see you in heaven one day. Can you imagine how valuable that would be? Are you hearing me? Do you know how valuable that would be for a grandchild? Now, they might not value it at five or six or maybe even ten. But I guarantee you, they get old enough to know what's going on. That piece of paper become more valuable than gold. So there's a good application. Let's write out our testimony. Let's share it with someone else what great things God's done for us. Let's tell somebody about his compassion. Aren't you glad for the compassion of the Savior? Aren't you glad he didn't just pass you by? Amen. Let's tell somebody this week about it. Amen. And, and I'm challenging you, go ahead and write it out, Grandma and Grandpa, and write it to them grandbabies. All of you write it out, but I was just think, I guess I'm kind of caught up in this idea I'm going to be a grandpa. I guess I am a grandpa, but, you know, little one's going to show up here soon. I know what's going to happen. My wife's going to want to go down there and think, well, that's not fair. I want to go too, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, that's just a grandpa talking. Yeah, this is going to be pretty cool. Amen. But I want one thing for sure, that little gal to know, in case we're not around. We love her. We've already been praying for her soul. Amen. Amen. How many have grandchildren? You pray for them? Can I encourage you to share your testimony with them? Can I encourage you to write it out and keep it so when they're a little bigger they understand more what they have? See, where in the world did you get that crazy idea? This guy used to be possessed. Yeah, he published his testimony and God used it. When you got saved, God didn't rapture you out. He's got a plan for you, and his plan is two things. Go and tell people what great things he's done for you. Go and share his compassion with somebody else. Amen? So let's ask God some way, somebody this week we can share that compassion with. Would you do that? Would you come pray for him by name? In fact, maybe the grandparents here tonight want to come and call out all their grandbabies by name. And if you don't have them yet, you say, God, with the grandbabies you may give in time to come, I want you to put this in the prayer bank. I'm praying for them right now that they get saved. They get saved as soon as they can, as soon as they understand that they might get saved, that they, none of them, none of them will die and go to hell. God, please don't let that happen. Let them all get saved and use all of them. In fact, I go ahead and pray, God, call them into your work in, through, and out of some local church somewhere that's serving you for the glory of God. Why not? I might as well go ahead and pray for them. And then I've already been praying for their mates. <laughs> She's not even born yet, and here I'm praying for her husband. Well, you know, I'm guessing he's probably going to be born somewhere close to the same time. And he needs to get saved. Amen. And I want God's call on his life. Amen. Y'all look at me. We can pray like this. Amen. Well, back to my original question. Will you commit? To go tell others what great things God's done for you. Amen. 
If you're not saved, will you come and let us take the Bible and introduce you to Jesus? It's a wonderful thing. He can set you free. He can give you peace. Amen. He's the almighty God and compassionate Savior. His name's Jesus Christ. Let's all sing, please. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Father, I pray that you'd search the hearts and the souls that are here tonight. I pray you convict the lost, show them their need of a Savior, give them the courage to come, that they might bow before you in humility, confess in their sin, and call on you in faith to be saved. And God, for those who are saved, I pray that you've motivated us tonight to go tell somebody about what great things you've done, about the great compassion that you have. And for us grandparents and, and Lord, those who have babies on the way or babies coming or none at all yet, let us come tonight and pray for the little souls that you might save them. Oh God, would you hear our prayers tonight as we bow before you and ask for your mercy, that your spirit make himself real to each and every one of them, that you'd save them while they're young, that you'd call them to your work, Lord, that they'd be used of you for your honor and glory, that you'd get glory in your church because of them. God, would you do it? God, would you help us tonight to share that compassion? God, would you call us to action? Would you help us? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed as a brother begins to play tonight. Lord's dealing with hearts. There's already some people here. How about you, friend? Come on. You ought to come pray for them little ones. Amen. Come ahead. If you're here tonight and need to get saved, would you come? Will you let us know who you are so we can introduce you to Jesus? Come pray for them grandbabies by name. Amen. Some are coming. How about you, friend? Well, I'm going to be quiet and get out of the way here while they come and sing. Because I got some grandbabies I need to go pray for. <laughs> 